Good evening. Welcome to the 12th Man Podcast. Um, episode three of the year, maybe four. Um, it's 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 it all comes together in one when we won such a good run. Um, lots to talk about this week as usual. Um, uh, you got me, Steve Jackson. I'm in the main chair. Um, Mr. John Donovan, he's with me as usual. Evening, JD. Morning. How's things? Okay. Yeah. Good. You. Yeah. Yeah. Really well. I mean. Uh... After Saturday uh, and the transfer window so far, I'm on a high. Hopefully not too high. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, we got Mr. I wonder what you're drinking. Then. Uh, we've got Mr. John Cutler. He's with us. Evening, Cuts. Oh, do you want me to mute you? All right. There you go. Evening, lads. How we doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on a massive high, just like John. Oh God, what are we all taking? Because I think I'm high as well. Um, and we've got our—I'm going to call him our favourite Geordie because he's—he's he's a regular now. Um, and this is Steve Dixon. He's with us. Even Steve. How are you, fellas? All right. Having a good fettle tonight. Ah, we're doing good. I don't know what fettle means, but yeah, we're doing good. Um, I think I'm too young for that word. But um, right, yeah, we're doing good. We're um, everything's quite positive at the moment, isn't it? It's um. Okay, so I was in January. I've not I've not seen fans mourning. It's a bit weird. I'll see, you know, um a big win Saturday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the transfer window. Obviously, between us talking last time and this time, we've had two new signings come through the door. Um obviously the hidden rumour and secret of Dan Barlazer um has joined and uh, the Welsh wizard Aaron Ramsey. Oh, wrong one, wrong one. Uh, sorry, the Brummy Wizard Aaron Ramsey has joined on loan from Aston Villa. Um, exciting sign again. So, um, we'll talk about them. One departure, which is really sad. Duncan Watmore, I thank him for that handball at Old Trafford, but I'll thank him more later. Um, and the amount of steps I fell down when he's when he did that. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, and then we'll talk about the rest of the transfer window, whatever rumours we may, we may, or, may or may not have heard. That's easy for me to say. And we'll talk about Saturday, back at the Riverside, Blackpool. Another home game, another chance to keep our run going. Um, um, yeah, before we start, are we all all right? Sound. Yeah, thanks. Oh, good, thank you. Easy peasy. Right. JD, obviously... Big team came um tout well not a big team, but you know what I mean. For the championship. A, a big threat to the promotion race towards Watford. They were third at the time, obviously the start of the day. Um did anybody else see that chart I posted last night uh, of the squad values and how much Watford's yes. squad's worth? Yeah. I did 100, yeah, hundred and ten million, which is twenty million more than any other team in the championship. Um, which I think is absolutely ridiculous to be quite honest. But um, Saturday was a big test before we started, JD. It was, um, you know, let's say a, a big promotional rival coming to Riverside. You know, it was a game we had to take really serious, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, again, we've, we've, we've had uh, some tough tests in recent weeks, uh, Millwall, Sunderland, um, Watford. Um, <clears throat> and in two of those games... We've we've played exceptionally well. Uh, we didn't do ourselves justice at Sunderland, 
but but yeah, it it was a it was a massive game because it's tighter up there, um, and to take points off one of our rivals who who are going to be there um, right to the end of the season amongst it, to take points off them um, was was fantastic, but to do it in the the manner in which we did was was even better. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll chat about the performance because it's it's well worth. Going into detail about the performances, it was, yeah. If 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 you didn't, if you were hidden under a rock on Saturday, it was absolutely incredible. It was our best performance of the season by a long way. But um, cut. Obviously, team came out two o'clock. Um, obviously one change. Uh, Lenahan came back in for Dale Fry. Uh, was it one change? No, it was two changes. Cameron Archer came in as well. Uh, do your homework, Steve. Um, it was yeah, the team we all expected. I think. You know, I know it's minimal changes we made, but that's about right, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh don't think you could have any arguments with the team. A, a few on different fans' forums have mentioned Archer needs to be getting some game time. And I don't think anyone can say they were disappointed with his performance. I thought he grabbed his opportunity with both hands and put in a real good performance, as did the whole team, to be fair. Yeah. I say, I say... When we go into it, I really do want to talk about Cameron Archer because he really did dazzle on on Saturday. He was he was really good. Um, Steve, what did you think of the team? Obviously, when it came out, wasn't too many massive shocks. Obviously, um, you know, Fry was suspended. We we all wanted Archer to go in, so Crooks had to come back out. But it was just about what we expected, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, I was I was happy with the starting lineup. We've mentioned on here the last couple of weeks. I certainly have that. I thought we're lacking a little bit of pace recently uh, with Crooks up front. And I think Crooks's superb performance in the second half of Birmingham masked over a lot of our, our shortcomings in that department. And with Archer coming in with his, well, his reputation, I suppose, we're all wanting him to get off to a good start and, and start starting football matches for Middlesbrough and show him what he could do. And I think it was the right call. I was I was wanting that to happen at Sunderland, to be honest. Um, but you know what happened at Sunderland happened. We learned the lesson and we changed it for Saturday. And I think it's you know was it was the top one of the game really. I think I think it was that big a change to the way we played the dynamics of front to the front four. Um, it it it, it seemed to rejuvenise Middlesbrough into. Probably what we were playing like a few weeks ago, and I had a little bit of concern with Paddy McNair at the back because I, I Watford are a really really good side and they had a few players coming back from injury, and they're very very good up in, 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 at the front end of the pitch and mm. I had a uh, I thought it'd be goals put it that way I didn't fancy Middlesbrough to keep a clean sheet, and I was I, I thought um, Paddy McNair come in for Dale Fry and was absolutely superb at the back. Done really, really well. I thought we defended superbly well, as well as being really important up front. It was a it was a really, really good team performance. No, no, it really was. As I say, do you think us bringing Archer in gave us a bit of a different identity on the pitch? Obviously, with Crooks up front, it's obvious what we're going to do. Pull it into where and he holds it for others to work around him. But with Archer, it's you can play. Across the floor, you can play into the, I suppose, the front four, like you said there. And there's a nice little rotation between the front three, and I suppose McGree got involved as well because they all worked in sync and it was all very well choreographed and it was just brilliantly worked. And 
it, it yeah, everything was just spot on on the day. Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry, John. Go on. You're okay. It's, I just want to mention a player. You mentioned there, McGreaves. Mm-hmm. A bit like Marmite with some of our fans. You have loved him or hate him, but I think he's really important to the way we play. I've said it before that he's massively different to any other midfielder we've got. Obviously, we're going to yet to see uh, Barlazer and and um, Ramsey come in. But I like McGree. Like I've said before on the pod plenty of times, he gives us something different. He tries to throw ball. Sometimes it doesn't come off. But we need players like that in the team to create for the forwards. And I think he, he he's a massive part of the run we're going on at the moment. I think he deserves a lot of credit and his name mentioning for sure. Yeah, Jacob. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh, as I say, I, I, just to go on from what John said there, absolutely spot on, John. McGree was... For me, head and shoulders above anything on the pitch. He was outstanding on Saturday. Um, and although, you know, sort of Archer changed the game in his performance, the outstanding performance was Riley McGree. Uh, but the front four, like you've said, they worked well with each other. They were changing at the changing positions. Archer, he just he ran them ragged all game. He was on the left, he was on the right, he was he was dropping in. They didn't know what to do with them. And because of that, there was space creating in other areas, which allowed Marcus Force to get into areas that he hasn't been getting into lately. Mm. It allowed Riley Degree to get on the ball more. And it allowed Tuba to get that lovely position that he likes in the hole and get on the ball more and play. And it was really, really exciting to watch. And Middlesbrough could have been three, four, five up at half time. And I don't mm. think a lot of Watford supporters could have complained. There was... The only disappointing thing, if there was a disappointing thing from Saturday, was probably that we didn't score more than two goals, let's be honest, because the performance deserved it. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, as I say, for me, it was best performance of the season. But before we come in, obviously, you know, set up giving them all the, the glory they fully deserve. JJ, I want to come to you before because at nil nil, there's a couple of edgy moments at the back again. Um, sorry, Steve. Don't hate me. Um, involving the keeper, obviously, there's a couple of the pass backs weren't great, but there was one particular moment. I think it was was it was it Bio that was closing him down really quickly, and it could have cost it. Really could have cost us a goal because it was reminiscent of what he did in the cup. Was it the cup semi final for City against Liverpool, where he you know he messed about with it and it cost him a goal, and he nearly did it again on Saturday. Yeah, he did. Uh, and can I say from the off, mm-hmm. I like Zach Stefan. Um, yeah. He's a vast improvement on what we've had recently. Um, but I just sometimes I'm a little bit anxious when he um, when he takes the touch. You know, McNair had the ball in the corner. He was under pressure himself. He knocked the ball across to um, Stefan, who took a touch, and it wasn't a great touch. And he then had to scramble for his second touch to clear it, and 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 the forward actually got something on it. So it could easily have been nil nil. It could easily have been a bad mistake, and we found ourselves behind, which would have changed the whole complexion of the game. I just think I know he's under instructions uh, to play the ball out from the back, but just do that when you've got enough time to do it. When you haven't got the time. Just put your laces through the boot and and knock it long, uh, or don't take that extra touch. He could have just carried the ball on, um, and 
passed it to Giles like he eventually tried to do, but without taking the touch that put him under pressure. It, it just, I, I have an awful fear that, you know, in one of the games, we're not going to get away with it. And I hope it's not uh, a key game or, or anything like that. Like I say, Zach Steffen, great keeper, uh, saved us saved as the beginning of the second half when Watford yeah. came out for five or ten minutes. He made two or three good stops. But it's just those little moments of nervousness that he gives to the fans. Um, I, I just wish, like I say, that, that he could tell himself, I've got to get this under control and pass it, and just think, no, I'm making the decision. He's too close to me, so I'm just going to launch it. Steve, what would you do in that position? You're the keeper. Yeah, I'm not going to argue too much with you. I've said he, he needs to, to, to learn game management yourself, um, regardless of what Michael Carrick is telling him or the coaches are telling him. At times, you've got to manage yourself and, and, be, and be the boss as a goalkeeper. And if the ball's coming back to you and you're under severe pressure, you, you, you've got to get rid. Now, I thought, first of all, it was a poor back pass because as a goalkeeper myself, I'll I, I tell you what he could have done, which which I would have done. The first thing I would have done was I would have booted the ball into the stand and then I would have went career and after Paddy McNair for the back pass and said, what are you doing passing the ball back to me across my own box on my left peg with a centre forward flying down on me? And sometimes I think Zach Steffen doesn't do himself any favours because he comes across too nice and almost puts a microscope on himself. Now, I don't think anybody in the North Stand would have been pointing the finger at Zach Steffen if he had booted the ball out and turned around and gave McNair a volley for a stupid back pass. Because as a goalkeeper, you don't want the ball passed back to you across your face of your own goal. It's, 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 it's a hospital pass for a start. It's on his wrong side, so it's a difficult ball. And I think that's why he took a touch. If it had been on his right side, he probably would have just had a swinger at it and cleared his lines. But with it being on his left, I think he, was, he took the touch to settle himself. And that was the opportunity for the striker just to come in and just got a nick on it. But I, I think, um, me personally, the coaches need to have a word and just tell them, you know, look, you're not going to get wrong off us, safety first, stick it in the stand. But if I was going to give Zach Steffen some advice as a goalkeeper, I would say don't let them get away with putting you under the pressure and making you look the bad guy, give some back. Um, and that, that, that's the way I'll be doing it. With the greatest Something respect, with the greatest respect, lads, if he starts hoofing a ball down the field and the manager's telling him not to do that, he's going to get wrong when he goes in the dressing room. It'd be like us going to our jobs and ignoring what we're being told to do. He's being told no, to do this. Sure, I'm, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that, uh, John. I'm, I'm not saying to hoof the ball anywhere. I'm just saying if my centre-back or my full-back passes the ball back to me straight across the face of my own goal on my wrong side, where I might have to take a touch to settle myself and I could end up looking a complete fool in front of 25,000 people with a ball in the back of the net, I'm putting it in row Z and I'm telling whoever passed the ball back to us what I think of them. And, if they, you know, if they... in, in general in general terms and playing, yeah, of course, if you're just hoofing it up the pitch left anywhere... That's, that's got to be stopped because the way Middlesbrough want to play is obviously from the back. And let's be honest, Zach Steffen is absolutely superb at it. I mean, build you know... Build that when it's safe, it, it, Steve. Steve, build that when it's safe, not when you've you, you put under pressure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and, and, and opposition I'm, I'm, managers. I'm, 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 agreeing, I'm agreeing with you, John, yeah. that, that he, he needs to start, as I say, game management and thinking on, on occasions like that, nobody's going to blame him. I don't even think the coaches would blame him if he plays it safe and just clears his lines. But equally, if I'm the coach, I'm, t- I'm looking at Paddy McNair saying, you don't pass the ball back to your goalkeeper across his own box with a ball flying on him. You know, let's be honest, it's a poor ball back to him as well. If, if Stefan does make one of these bloopers, he's sort of absolved from blame because the management team are telling him to do it anyway. I know it's not going to be great. The fans aren't going to understand that. But this is what he's been told to do and he's keeping doing it. If it costs us a goal down the line, then it's on the manager. It's not particularly on Stefan. I agree with what you were just saying about hoofing the ball down the field or to another out of danger. But if he's been told to do a set thing, which he clearly is because the manager came out and said it last week, who are we blaming here, really? Should we be blaming Stefan or should we be having a go at Carrick about it? Because he's the one who's telling John, me what to do. But, John, if you're under pressure, you, you can't fall on the defence well. My manager told me I, I've got to take a touch and, and knock it to a butter player. You've surely got to take responsibility, go into the dressing room and say, look, boss, I had to launch that because he's breathing down my neck. You, you know, you've got... It, it's, it's about assessment of each situation. I, other, I, other managers, other coaches are going to see that we have this sometimes vulnerability at the back where we um, where we can overdo things. And sometimes Stefan's first touch isn't great. It's a little bit too far away from him. And all I'm saying is, you know, I just wish sometimes that when it's necessary, just clear lines. See, I, I, totally, I totally agree with you. We were brought up, John, on football where goalkeepers weren't doing what they're doing now. It was get the ball and you whacked it long all the time. All I'm trying to say is I do agree with you. It, it, it makes you nervous when you're seeing him doing it. But ultimately, he's being told to do this by the management team, first and foremost, try and play a pass. So for me, I, I'm absolving him of any blame, even if he makes a mistake in the next couple of weeks, because he's clearly been told That's, to do it. Sorry, John, I've got to disagree. Play a pass when you've got the time to do that. Yeah, by all means, play the pass. Take your time. But when somebody's bearing down on you, literally feet away, no, you, you haven't got the time to do that. You just clear your lines. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want that in my conscience as, as, a, as a goalkeeper. It would affect my whole game. If, I, if I've had the ball taken off as six yards from goal and it's gone in the back of the net, that's going to affect the, your game, isn't it, for the rest of the 90 minutes? You're going to have that in your mind. It's not going to help your game. So I, I have to agree with, I was going to say, with John rather than Cuts. I've got to agree with John because you've got to, at times, play safe. It's for the betterment of the team as well. You don't want to be going to goal down. It's game management. The management, like you said, you go in the dressing room, you explain your situation. As I say, point the finger at the, the, the defenders passing the ball back. Yeah. See, you're passing the ball back. It was there under pressure. It's a terrible back pass. That's why it went in the stand. Simple as that. Jeez, uh, uh, it's just something I wanted to bring up because um, I, I just, at nil-nil, it was such a, a dangerous time and a dangerous moment, like I say. The forward got something on it. Uh, yeah. And we, we, we've seen our forwards. I mean, I remember Bamford at uh, Man City where he he closed the defender down and, and put us yeah. in the lead 1-0. It happens, you know, we, we do, we're we not in a position to take them chances. 
Um, and like I said, what, what, if that had gone to one nil at the time, it would have been a different complexion. Yeah, what I, I would say, what I would say on Saturday regarding Zach Steffen to balance the the scales back up again, he made a really big save for it in the in the second half mm. at an important time, and I don't know what you guys thought. I thought he's handling on crosses. He he took everything all game. He caught everything all game. His handling was impeccable. So, yeah, again, he's had that shaky moment, which takes the focus off his actual performance, almost, because that's what we're talking about. But his overall performance, again, on Saturday, was very, very good. Like I said at the beginning, I like him. Um, I, I do feel overly comfortable with him. It's just those odd moments where his decision-making, in my opinion, is... Um, is suspect. It was a great little debate that. I just sat back and enjoyed that. Um, on a counter question, so I'll see what you were speaking about there. Does that bring to light the shortfalls of what Paddy McNair brings when he brings comes into the squad? Because for me, if that's Lenahan or Fry, Zayda Hoof that straight to the West Stand. There'd be no ifs or buts, there'd be no passing it back. Zayda hoofed it. It's, it's what I've always watched them do. Um, I just yeah. Does it does it show why Fry and Lennon are, are ahead of Metnair now? They're natural centre halves, aren't they? They're natural defenders. Uh, Paddy was a midfield and moved to the centre back role. I know he's played centre back before he came to to Middlesbrough, but um, primarily he he's played in midfield. Um, and Fry and Lennon are both uh centre halves full stop you know no other position um they will fill um but I'll I'll agree with what Steve was saying and uh, overall um Paddy McNeil had a great game you know it, it it can't be easy because um Watford are a very talented squad and I know they had a few first uh, team players out but it was still a very strong squad and um we were up against um, a Premier League squad, third in the table, um, and we performed fantastically. And Paddy was was a good player in our in our um, defensive lineup. He was. I mean, I mean, me saying that is, you know wasn't taking anything away from McNair's performance because I thought McNair was one of the best players on the pitch. I thought he was really good. The partnership he built with Lenahan straight away was was spot on for me. Um, they worked really well together. They knew exactly what each other were doing. Which is obviously fundamental to, to you know creating a, a strong partnership for a game. But I come to the first goal. Um, come to the first goal now. Um, this is where the talk of Cameron Archer comes in. I think cuts doesn't it? Because the run he made for that goal. I know Akpom did his, you know, his missed kick on purpose to head it in the corner kind of thing. But you know the run from Archer. He took Chowdhury out of the game. He dragged Cathcart towards him. He, he took the right back out of the game. The keeper didn't know what to do. Backman was a bit like flat-footed. He just brought something different, didn't he? Well, I think we've we've mentioned all of us uh, re- recently and probably the whole season that one thing maybe the team's lacking is a threat behind, some real pace. Mm. And and for me, he, on the ball, even when he was moving with the ball towards the goal, he took a poor touch, otherwise he probably would have scored himself. But but his pace and he's decent on the ball and he's a big threat. He's going to cause a lot of problems in this division playing for us. I think 
he is. And uh, Steve, obviously, Akpon put the ball away. Number 14 of the season, the championship. I never thought I'd ever be saying that, to be quite honest. But he could be quite close to becoming our 20-goal-a-season striker, the first one since Burnley Slaven. Yeah, and that's a, an achievement in itself. And mm. I thought he played very, very well on Saturday, not just for his goal. I thought his overall performance was very, very good. Um, and the finish, I thought, was underrated because he, he miskicked it, as you said, and it went up in the air. But there was no pace on the ball because it went up in the air. And he had to generate the pace himself on the header and he'd done a proper diving out, you know, diving header, generated the pace himself with his movement. And he put it in the only place he could have scored, right in the corner. So it was a really good finish by him as well. Um, but getting back to Cameron Archer, if he if he continues that level of performance, we could have a new Adama Triori on my, on my hands with end product because he really is quick and his movement's really, really good. And he's, he looks like the type of player that's going to have end product in terms of both creating goals because of his pace and also scoring them. Um, he would have been my absolute 100% man of the match on Saturday if he had a score. Uh, but he's he, he affected the game, no doubt. They were they were terrified of him, Watford. Mm. Absolutely. They were, and he, he made chances uh, even before Akpom scored, you know, we really should have uh, gone into half time um, better than two two nil up. Um, but you're right in what you're saying. He's 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 got strength. Um, he's got fantastic movement uh, with the ball and off the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the way that he um, he he turned inside two players. And an out muscled two big centre halves to to get in between them mm-hmm. um, to create a chance for himself. That that, that was that was amazing. It, it was amazing strength and amazing short distance pace. You know, a burst of pace. He looks he looks fantastic. I know it's his debut, and and I remember Matt Clark making a fantastic debut um, at, at centre half. But he really does look as though. He could, he could achieve a lot with us this season. I know we're going to come on to it a little bit later, but I think the signing we've made this afternoon, another young lad from Villa, mm-hmm. like he's only a young kid, Archer, so he's coming to a squad. I know he's had a few loan deals here and there, but he's coming to a squad that he doesn't really know. He's a young lad. I think by bringing in another young lad that he knows from Villa is a masterstroke because it's sort of like having one of your pals come with you. I know that's not the reason why I've bought him. He's obviously a quality footballer as well. But I think that's massively going to help him settle in really quickly. I think the fact yeah. that he knows Aaron Danks as well, the, 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 the reserve right. team coach mm-hmm. as well, that's the link for these young lads. They're going to have Danks to, to lead them and talk them and, and nurture them behind the scenes in training. And also, like you've said, to have another young lad in the team and around the first team squad that he that he knows is just going to make them both settling even quicker. So yeah. it's a good, it's a good, it's a good little link to have Aston Villa because Aston Villa are on a, are, are a club on the up. I know they're not pulling up trees in the, in the Premiership, but they're a club on the up and they've got a, a good manager now and they've got a good youth setup down there. And if we can use our our links with Aston Villa uh, through Danks to get their players to come to Middlesbrough on loan. And the two lads we've got this time, if they're a success at Middlesbrough, it's only going to make Villa probably loan with more players in the future 
um, if we don't get back to the Premiership, of course. And these these are the links that Middlesbrough have lacked over the last few years um, to the big clubs. Other clubs seem to send the players everywhere, but Middlesbrough, whether that's been because of the style of football we've been playing under Warnock and stuff in the past, and they want the, the young players to go and play a certain way, a modern brand of football. Uh, it, it's good that teams seem to be looking at Middlesbrough now as a good place to send the, the young players. It, it, it started under Wilder, where we had a good few young players coming to one loan from Arsenal and stuff last season. Now we're getting the Villa lads. And I would expect as time moves on, the Michael Carrick factor with probably Manchester United might come into effect as well. And that's all, all boards well for Middlesbrough. Oh, I, I completely agree with that. It's, that's one of the things the club posted as well. As soon as he um, signed, I remember the link will be out straight away with Cameron Archie. Obviously, they come through the, the youth setup of Villa, so it's only going to help Archie settle in, like you have said there, and and bring in some some brilliant performances. But for me, that wasn't even the best goal. I thought the second goal was absolutely superb. Because it, it worked superbly from the back to the front. And there was just, it, it wasn't even just the passing, it was the little movements off the ball, the little runs we made. I mean, the ball through with the force as well. I mean, I mean, Marcus Force, by the way, for a development player, apparently, four goals in eight games now. He's really starting to tick along now. And JD, that goal, is it, 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 it got the North stand up and going again because it was. It was. It just epitomizes everything that Carrick's been working. It was pass and move, and the finish was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd been um, we'd been knocking the ball about, uh, keep possession, uh, very, very well. Um, intricate play, tight little um, pass and move, and um, and and Marcus Force w- w- was a part of that. I mean, he was part of the, the build up to his own goal, and then obviously. Um, Housen's passed to him and he took his time. He picked the right time to, to get his shot away. Uh, and it was a well-deserved, well-worked goal. But even if he's not banging the goals in, his contribution to that team is is massive. I really like Matt Marcus Force. I do. I, I think he's he's a he's a good, honest, genuine player. It looks like he wants to be here. Um and <laughs> He, he, he's a team. He's a team player. He's definitely a team player, and um, and you can see that. Uh, and long may it continue because um, if he's getting his goals as well as contributions and assists, and you know we can get Archer amongst the goals, and Joe Blackburn continues, it, it's going to mean that we can um, we can keep on picking up the right results. Tell you what, one thing we'll get from Force every single time he pulls that shirt on is a hundred percent commitment. Yeah, I'll take that all day long. The goals will come, his assists will come, which they have. His work rate, you can't question it. He, he's putting everything in, and that's all I ask from any of the players we've got in that squad. Well, yeah, I- you see him working hard to, to to get the ball back as well. You know, he, he's 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 coming deep to uh, to to be the first line of defence, and he, he'll win the ball back, and then he'll move it forward. Yep, you're right, John. He's putting everything into it. And I tell you what, one Watford player that'll be glad to see the back of us will be Hamza Chowdhury, won't it? He had an absolute nightmare. 
If it wasn't Archer and I, it was Akpom. If it wasn't Akpom, it was Force. If it wasn't Force, it was McGree. He didn't know what ways hair was pointing at, at, at times. He really was all over the shop. And Steve, does that just show how well we play? Because it's, you know, I know he's not a defender. I know he's a midfielder going to the back line, but he played alongside an international defender in Craig Cathcart, who's really experienced in, in, in top draw for this level. And we made them look well daft at times, didn't we? Yeah, I think we would have pulled pulled any championship team around on Saturday playing like that. And if we continue to play like that, especially at home, we'll not lose too many more games at the Riverside this season. I, I, I look at that performance and I think Carrick will as that's a blueprint now of how we're going to play at home for the rest of the season if we've got them players available. And if we do play to them levels, we'll, we won't be losing many games between now and the end of the season. We really won't. Because championship defences won't be able to handle that type of movement and pace. And what was important as well to give a mention to, I know, I know he's uh, just the part of the day, but when we're looking at the bench now, the bench is getting stronger and they bring on, you know, uh, Matt Crooks, you know, off the bench. Now, to me, he might not he might not like it for the rest of the season, but I think Matt Crooks off the bench might be the way forward for the rest of the season. I think he's a good option to bring off the bench. He certainly last twenty minutes bring the big man on, give one another dimension, and he held the ball well. He brought the others into play when he come on, and that's for me the, the role I see Matt Crooks at the moment at Middlesbrough. Coming on to, to show the game up to to pinch a late goal to get on the end of a cross to help with defence set pieces get back on defensive corners and help with his height important role to play I'm sure Matt Crooks will try and prove us wrong again to get back in the side um, but for me Middlesbrough look a, a really really fabulous well drilled side with pace in it and I think we've just been missing that pace of late to get the pace back into the side. You could see the difference it made. The front four were great. And now, as I say, we've got the new lad, Aaron Ramsey, to come into that into that mix as well. You know, and Dan Barley is come into that mix as well. He's obviously good on the ball and spray the ball around all over. So there'll not be too many teams coming to the riverside between now and May fancying the chances, put it that way. I'll tell you one thing it does do. With us having a strong bench now, them players know if they don't put in a performance... There's players on the bench that will come in and they will. We've seen it with Crooks when he had a spell out with the team. He came back in and he was on fire. It's, it keeps the players on the toes that are in the first 11 and I think that's one of the reasons why we're on such a good run. Spot on. Ready? Yeah, we um, we flattered Watford on Saturday with just a 2-0 scoreline. It could have been a lot more. It should have been more than that at half-time. And then obviously in the second half, um, you get... McNair missing one at the far post. You get McGree deciding to head the ball back across goal when he should have really sort of went for goal. Yeah. Um, it, it it was it was a it was a thrilling game um, that we that we dominated bar in a brief spell at the beginning of the second half for uh, for Watford, and you know any opposing coach watching that performance would be really worried uh, about the strength uh, of our first 11 and the bench, as you said. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, obviously, Barley's was watching on as well on Saturday um, before he, he, he obviously completed his chance on Sunday. But 
yeah, that was it was such a good performance to watch, and he was excited to get you know part of that team and get stuck in and uh, and become one of the lads as well. But um, I'll finish the chat off. Um, man of the matches, I'll start with you. Cut who was your man of the match from Saturday? I'm going to go for Ali McGree. Ali McGree, Steve. Yeah, if 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 Archer had a scored, I'd have went Archer. But best player on the pitch was Riley McGree. And I I let I let John give his man a match on yourself, Steve, and I've got a, a question for you after after that. Okay. Go on, yeah, JD. I'll 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 give mine to uh to Agpom because yeah, he got the scoring underway, but uh, all throughout the game, you know, he was he was coming deep to get the ball, he was winning the ball, bringing others into play. I just think his game has flourished so much um, this season, uh, especially under Carrick, that um, he, he's turning into a good all-round footballer and one one who scores goals as well. Um, so yeah, uh, notable notable mentions as well for um, for Hackney, Housen, McGree, uh, Archer. Good games. Uh, it was a good all-round team <clears throat> performance. Yeah, my man, the match was Cameron Archer. By I know, I know what he's saying about McGree and Akpom. Except the difference for me was Cameron Archer. The, the, the what he brought to the the team was different quality. His 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 pace. It it also gives the freedom to Akpom and Force to move around because obviously with Crooks being the squad, it's you're restricted. You have to move around him, but with Archer, you can move. You know, with him and into different spots to the left, to the right, down the middle, take his you know back a pace as well. I just thought Cameron Archer was absolutely different gravy. Like he was I think, unbelievable. I think it's a massive plus point. It shows how well we're playing. That between four of us, we've had three different man the matches. Absolutely, it shows, it shows how well the squad's playing. Completely agree. Go on, Steve. You're going to ask a, a question. Yeah, uh, I, I'm uh, Tommy Smith. I'm sure I've got man the match on tees. Tees. Um, he was getting re- praised on us on my way home, and I, I'm sure I heard Madison say he'd given Tommy Smith man the match. And a few, I, th- I think, uh, one of our guests that come on here, Graham Bandira, was mm-hmm. saying how well he played, how good Tommy Smith was. Uh, great performance, and I thought he'd done okay, but I didn't quite see them levels of him being up for man of the match, and. Tommy Smith has been really, really good for it since he's come into the side and he's been a great signing for coming on a free. Now, the question I was going to ask you, in, in, in the pub after the game, when you're having your beer and you're having a discussion with people, one of the discussions that come up was the late substitution coming on Anthony Dijkstil. And my opinion is, uh, I think Middlesbrough moving forward under Michael Carrick in the way we play, I think we would be better with Dijkstil in the team ahead of Tommy Smith because I think Dykesdale is a better player in terms of going forward linking up on the right hand side and the way we play I don't think Tommy Smith in the opposition half getting forward offers as much as Dykesdale so then I look at it from a defensive point of view and do I think Tommy Smith's a better defender than, than Dykesdale I think that similar, similar-ish I think Dykesdale offers more pace getting back than Smith but Smith's really tough tackling and he's had a really good spell for it. So I'm, to be clear, if anybody's listening, I'm not saying Tommy Smith should be dropped or taken out, this, out the team. So forget that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying moving forward, 
if Dyche Neal gets back in the team, gets a chance by suspension or injury and does well, I think Middlesbrough will be a better side for it because I think Dyke Steele, pound for pound, is a better a better player than Tommy Smith. And I was just yeah. wondering what you thought on Dyke Steele as a player compared to Tommy Smith and if, you know, if, if you you would prefer one or the other moving forward. I'm going to let Cooks answer like this Dyke one. Steele. I like Dyke Steele. I've always liked Dyke Steele. Mm. But there's no way um, there's no way he can get in that team ahead of Tommy Smith at the moment. Mm. Um, Smith's not doing anything wrong. He, he's he's gone largely unnoticed. Um, he's he's very he's he's reliable. Uh, he's solid. He doesn't make mistakes. Uh, I, I can't remember one sort of um, one slip up that he's. Um, made that's let the opposition in. Um like I said, dependable, reliable, uh solid. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't sort of uh change Dykesteel for, for Smith. But I would like to keep Dykesteel because he's a very good backup. I'll say I'll say this. Even if we had a prime Kaffer on the bench, never mind Dykesteel, to drop Tommy Smith after the way he's played <laughs> since he's come in would send out a massive message to the rest of that squad that it doesn't matter how well you're playing, you're going to get dropped for someone else. No way would I drop him. Not a chance. No, to be clear, as I said before, I answered the question, I'm not saying to drop Tommy Smith at all. Yeah. I was asking the question, do you think Middlesbrough moving forward would be a better side with Dykesdale in it ahead of Tommy Smith? I'm not advocating Tommy Smith gets dropped at all. See, I, I don't think it would. It's all right going forward, but we've we've picked bones out of Dyke Seals defending in the past, QPR at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. You look at Tommy Smith when he'll make a professional foul. I just I just think even going forward, if they were the same age, would I prefer a Tommy Smith in my side than Dyke Seal? I probably would, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, um, I thought I'd let Cut's answer because as soon as he started talking about that, he just started shaking his head. I thought, I've got to get an answer over me. Um, I love Dyke Steele. I really do. I think he's brilliant. Um, and I, I kicked off weekly, as you guys know, when he got dropped um, under Wilder's three at the back. Um, but as a couple of lads know as well, I was a big, I was a massive fan of Tommy Smith signing on at the beginning of the season. He's absolutely vindicated his, his time in the squad. He's been brilliant. Um, I probably would say in the future because I don't know how long Smith's got left. I, you know, at the top level, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's knackered. I just think Dyke still might have a bit more about him. But like Cus mentioned, there his defensive records to make them cute little decisions. It's not great. I love the guy, I really do. I just mm, at the moment, Tommy Smith is is leaps and bounds ahead of everything we've got in the club at that position. Those, and I say I'm not arguing. I'm not. It was just something that come up in the pub, and I just thought I'd I'd ask you to see what your, your opinions were. As I say, Tommy Smith has been excellent for Middlesbrough, so mm-hmm. I'm not saying for him to be dropped. But I I am a huge fan of Dykesdale. I think he's got real quality and. Anyway, Middlesbrough are certainly well stocked in that area. Absolutely. I will say this, Steve. It was well. It's well worth bringing it up because I reckon if you'd have asked every single person of them twenty five thousand fans in the stadium on Saturday, <clears throat> I bet it would be close to being 50-50 for who they'd want in, and that shows how much we think of Dyke Steel because of how well Smith played. So it's definitely worth bringing up anyway. Yeah, 
No, that's that's exactly what this this podcast for. You know, anything you want to chat about, anything you want to ask. But yeah, I'll fire it in. Let me say, I never wrote down Dyke's tail on me. My little plan to go forward tonight. So yeah, no, it's an absolutely valid question, and um, uh, it's one that obviously you know if if you are obviously well if not if you are listening, um, get, you know let us know what you think. You know, should Dyke still be starting more regularly than he is? You know, have we missed out Jones completely? I know he's on the bench on Saturday, but again he didn't come on. What's going on with him? We don't know. Um, but yeah, let's move into the transfers. Um. Obviously, we spoke about Dan Barley's coming in. Um, it's obvious he was coming in. You know, one of the worst hidden secrets in the world. Young Dan coming in. Um, as he even even said himself, he heard because it late December he started talking about coming in here. So he knew he knew he was coming in here. Which I won't be happy with if I was a Rotherham fan. He was planning four weeks ahead, but you know, none of my business. Um, and obviously, we'll talk about Aaron Ramsey in a minute. Um. Obviously, signed on loan from Villa for the rest of the season. I want to mention Duncan Watmore first because for a player that was supposed to come in for a short contract deal in 2020, um, obviously, Covid finished his his deal at, uh, at uh, Sunderland. Um, JD, is he one of the best free transfers we've ever had? Um, it, it was. He certainly uh, been superb value for me. Uh, you know, he came here and there was obviously huge doubts about his um, his injury record. Mm. But he's he, he's coming to our team and coming to our squad. Uh, you know, he never he never whinged, he never moaned. He he, he was um, in and out of the team. Um, he got the nickname Super Sub. I think we all knew that he, because of his injury record, he, he couldn't he, he couldn't maintain the um, the pace that he put into his performances. He couldn't maintain it for probably longer than 60, 65 minutes. But in that in that time he was on the pitch, or if he come off the bench, he gave you everything. Um, such such an honest guy, uh, and we can all remember some of the like. Fantastic moments um, he's given us. Uh, yeah. I, I asked, I asked on Twitter, you know, what was your best what more moment? And um, obviously, a lot of people mentioned um, that ninety third minute winner at Blackpool, yeah. which sent everybody fucked to the floor. Um, yeah. You know, his goal at Man United, his two goals at Huddersfield, uh, and goals against Blackburn. Uh, I remember sat at home when we couldn't go into the stadium, uh, yeah. watching him score a great goal. I forget who the opposition was now. Um, was it? Yeah. At home, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, he was a genuine lad. I think he was, um, and and reading his his farewell sort of statement, you know, he was genuinely. Um, Pleased to be to have the chance to play for our club because not many other clubs would take a chance on him, um, and because of that, he, he give us he give us his all, and and that's what the Borough fans want the players to give you everything. So it's sad to see him leave, but as a club, 
we're moving on. And um, he was out of contract. And thankfully, he's got himself two and a half years at um, Millwall. I hope it goes well. You know what? You know what the Borough fan base is like? There's not many things that we all agree on. You'll be hard-pressed to find any one of our fan base that has a bad word to say about Duncan. And I think that tells you all you need to know about him, not just as a player, but also as a person and what he's done while he's been at the club. He reminds me in a lot of ways of George Friend. Never caused a bit of problem and you knew exactly what you were going to get every time he was on the pitch. No, no, you're absolutely right. It was... Um, I, I was a massive fan of what was... I was like JJ there, like he mentioned obviously about you know his injury record. He he he, he obviously he put a statement out today. Did he? He fully acknowledged that himself. He had three horrible years of, I say the countless injuries he had and setbacks and because he started promisingly, he started really well at Sunderland. He came through the the ranks, got into the first team, and he was always a player. If you saw him on the opposition team, he was he thought we're gonna get some we're gonna get some shit from it today because he's commitment and his work rate and his directness but yeah I couldn't ask for any more from a from a free signing. Um I'll hand it over you Steve. Yeah it was it was a I thought it was a, a one of their beautiful relationships where you had a player that just got Middlesbrough football club and you know the, the fans got him and he give one hundred percent every game for the shirt and in return the fans gave him a hundred percent back and in return and you know I, I like what he said you know in his speech when he's just left there on on, on the Middlesbrough website it, it, it really come across as heartfelt and he meant it he meant every word and uh, you can only wish him well and I, I was thinking before you know on, on, on Saturday against Watford and that superb atmosphere that was going on I wish I had known it was going to be his last game Yeah, just so we could have given him a real send off you know or give him the reception when he come on as substitute just to show appreciation I'm sure we'll get the chance at some point when he comes back in the dip for Millwall or what have you but I thought no it's been a really a really one of them nice stories in football you know he'll be remembered probably more for being a good guy than a great player even though he is a good player don't get us wrong it's just not very often you come across in football, like you mentioned, George Friend is another good example. It's not very often you come across in football relationships like that between supporters and players. And I, as I say, I wish him, I wish him all the very best. Absolutely, absolutely. no, you're absolutely right. Um, I, just, I, I echo what you said there. I wish it was. We did know it was his last game. Um, obviously, we read today that the deal's been the pipelines for was it ten ten days? It's been there for now. Um, obviously. <clears throat> We I mean, were doing the smart thing by waiting for the replacement to come in, someone to obviously fill the void in the squad, which moves us nicely onto our new signing. Um, Aaron Ramsey, not that one. Um, I say, how I'd love to know how many people jumped up and thought, "Oh my God, we've signed Aaron Ramsey," and then realised it. Yeah, there you go. See, and thought, oh, actually, no, it's 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 someone from Villa, but that doesn't play down. What kind of player we're gonna get? Um, JJ, are you excited? Is this another one that Kieran Scott gets a lot of credit for? Because that's one thing that man doesn't get much, is it? Is credit. And this month he's brought in three quality players on the down low. You know, it wasn't ones that we knew about for weeks. It was just, oh, he's turned up and he's signing. Um, that for me is good recruitment. 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 three good players, um, uh, and or two are only loans. Um, but we, we've got uh, Balasa for a, a good price, um, and you know it, it excites me. It does to see the, uh, the the direction we're taking. Um, so yeah, uh, fair play, fair play to Kieran Scott. We've. Me as well have have given him a bit of grief on here, you know, saying what does he bring? But it, it's starting to it's starting to show a little bit now. Um, so yeah, I think uh, overall, um, it's been a, a good window for us so far. I got the one man that didn't give him much grief. Isn't that right, Cut? You never really give Kieran Scott grief as much as other others have, including myself. I'll put myself in that bracket. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, I know this is against most people's opinions as well. Where Bowser gets a lot of, he gets a lot of stick off the fan base. But I've said a million times, he's told from up above what we can pay and what we can't pay. Mm-hmm. So you can only you can only play the hand you dealt. I'm like John. I'm very excited about the types of players we're signing. They should be, even if they're using us as a stepping stone, which is sort of Norwich's model. They're going to come in here. But let's take Balazer for example. Well, we've paid for a million and a half. If he comes in here, it's the ground running. He plays really well for us. We're going to make a massive profit on him. We've seen our previous models where we've bought players for loads of money and they've been shipped out for nothing. We've mentioned a million times a Sombolonga, Fletcher. <clears throat> it's not sustainable for our club to be run like that. This is the way forward. And I'm glad that we're finally starting to do it. And let's hope these moves pay off because it's going to be good for us as fans to watch. But it's also going to be good for them players when they... It, I know you don't like Aaron step up, using us as a stepping stone, but we're going to make profit on them and they're going to have played well here to get to that point. So it's a win-win situation for us and let's hope it does work out. Well, those two players there, um, Sombolonga, uh, <coughs> Fletcher, throw in George Savile and you're talking the thick end of 30 million quid yeah. that Middlesbrough uh, spent, a championship club spending that amount of money. It's uh, it's mad, really, when you think about it. And all I really want um, is 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 a player who will give his all for us, um, and and hopefully we'll get value for money. Um, and I think we will from Barlesa, definitely. I think we certainly will there. No, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean you you talk there about other clubs, um, obviously um, models that they use. One big example, obviously, is, is coming out now is Brighton. Yeah. Brighton bringing some unbelievable talent for next to nothing, you know, cheap money. And it, the prime example now is Caicedo. Obviously, it looks like he's going to stay at Brighton for, for the foreseeable future and poss- possibly probably move on in the summer. But, you know, Arsenal were, were willing to put 70 to 80 million quid to get him through the dome and over the line this month. Which is used for January, and they brought him in for, I don't know, is it ten million quid? Well, not ten million quid. You know what I mean? That's that's the sort of profit they're making. Look at other players. There's Ben White, Cucciarella went to Chelsea. We're we're looking at that, and that's the model we're trying to trying to achieve. And like I say, it's only going to be a plus for us because either the bank balance is going to be brimming, or we're going to be playing in the Premier League, which is ultimately the goal for this club and the chairman. Exactly, and for me, it has to be the goal. I know, I know. I say, I, I do want that to be the aim, and that's the goal we want to get to. But as I say, 
if we can use it by you know giving these players a platform to express themselves and earn themselves a big money move, then I'm all for it. I'm quite happy with it. What what's your thoughts, Steve? Yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction. It's it's a huge uh, shift change from what we've seen in the past, like as have been mentioning by the, the players that we've signed on big money and big wages that aren't good enough and you can't get rid of them and they drain your club for year after year. They sort of bringing in younger players um, who either will sign for a smaller fee and sell them on for more money uh, or bring in clever loan players that are coming at Middlesbrough like you say as a stepping stone. But if that gets Middlesbrough back to the Premier League, who's going to complain about that? It's it, it's better for a financial situation. Um, for there's, there's no there's no negatives to it. I mean, you just mentioned there, Dan Barley is like coming up at nine hundred thousand, and you know when we were struggling not so long ago, we bought we brought in Dyke Steel for a million and a half. Um, going back to the Woodgate times, and then more recently, what we big signing was um, bringing a Riley McGree for around was it Riley McGree about two and a half three million. Now, what's Riley McGree worth now? He's worth more than that straight away already. We've only had him, you know, five minutes. And you just go back, like you've said, to times gone by. We signed Aidan Flint for seven million. Aidan Flint? I mean, seven million pound on him. He was absolutely useless. You know, so we need to get away from them type of signings and them type of deals. You know, and look look to the way we're going in this progression. Um, and it's it's sort of it's 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 funny because it's it's sort of blown up in Chris Wilder's face now with the development situation um, regarding Marcus Force two million pound signing. Um, how does that look now to Chris Wilder? So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Fuck Adrian Flint, right? Seven million quid for Rudiger Stead. I'll put that right on the table right now. Absolute. Yeah. Some of the decisions we made in the past have been, yeah. Laughable. I mean, we, we could draw, we could draw up a really expensive start in the eleven over the last ten years. That wouldn't that would get relegated. I would have yeah. got relegated. That's been that. It really poor. could. You, you know what? Right, people listening, and uh, we'll put it out on social media. Right, draw up your your worst eleven for Borough, and I swear to God, you you'll come to players from the last five six years. I'm not joking. Uh, some of the players we signed have been absolutely ridiculous, and we'll talk about them next week because obviously we'll talk about the transfer window. Um, next week, we all happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> fine, yeah. I will yeah. say one thing I've said to you, lads, before when we sign players from other clubs, I always look at their Twitter feed when he announced it. Barlazer, there wasn't one Rotherham fan that had a bad word to say about him. No, uh, obviously, I don't think when we came on, Villa hadn't announced their uh, Ramsey. I know we had, but I don't think they had. But in in the past, I've seen Villa fans going on and on about him saying he should be especially under Gerard that he should have been getting more game time I'm really excited to see him eventually when he does get into the side what he's going to do because he is a highly rated kid and I'm all for us signing players like that Yeah, I don't know how he is with his fitness I know because he had a bad knee injury um, but I know he's been training with Middlesbrough today but that might just be light training I don't know, I don't, I don't know whether he's match ready but, um, but he's certainly a good prospect I think part of him training today, I think, was like a, I suppose, like a little look at him. You know, can he hit the ground running as quick as we all think he might? And I don't know, might, that might have um, put the deal, you know, back in his favour and got him over the line. I don't know, but you boys are absolutely right. It's going to be, it's going to be so exciting to see what he does bring. 
I wouldn't be just, surprised just go... if we'd see Aaron Ramsey for three or four weeks. Um, there's no need to rush him in. If he's yeah. getting building his fitness up, there's no need to rush him in. Um, we've got options on the bench as it is, as, as we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. So let's let the lad get himself up to 100% before we, before we draft him in because we want him hitting the ground running like like we have done with Cameron Archer. And I think he'll be a good, you know, we're probably looking to him coming in the team, you know, when the season gets tasty and the big games come in in a few weeks' time. They're probably bringing them off the bench then and bring them in as a game changer. That's exactly what I was about to say. Just look at the options we've got now, midfield up front. Just look look at the options we've got. Um, Hackney, Housen, McGree, Balesa, Crooks, um, Ramsey, Isaiah Jones, if he gets his confidence back, comes into the team. And then, then up up front, you know, y- y- you've got um, uh, Akpom, oh. Hoppy, Ar- uh, Force, Archer. I tell you something, it's um, got, it's going to be difficult time. for Carrick. It's going to it's going to be difficult for Carrick, sort of like um, trying to keep them all happy. But I'm sure he will. I hope he keeps Hoppy happy. <laughs> Sorry, you've, been, you've been waiting for that one all night, John, haven't you? <laughs> do, do, um, obviously, do, uh, I think Craig Johns, who, who's gone here with us quite a lot, he's alluded to the fact that we possibly could still be interested in a wide player. Do any of you see us doing one more bit of business tonight? Because it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't. I don't. Go on, John. I don't know. It, I, I was. I don't know what it could be because um, uh, um, <clears throat> Ramsey was a sort of a, a ball out the blow for me, you know. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see any link at all uh, with him uh, over the last week or so, two weeks. So yeah, we might have somebody lined up. Who knows? You know, our chairman's like John. He'll be saying our current runner form, where we are third in the table. He'll be doing everything in his power to give Carrick everything he needs to to try and get us up. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we brought in one more. No. I mean, and can you imagine, I mean, Barlesa was sat in the stand there watching that fantastic performance, hearing to the brilliant atmosphere, hearing the brilliant atmosphere. He'll, he'll be wanting to get into that team. And and no doubt Archer will have been purring at the end of the game when the way the fans were, because I thought it was a fantastic atmosphere and the crowds are building steadily. So we're getting, you know, coming towards um, Easter period and, and, and the business end of the season, as they say. Um, we we might end up with like full house after full house after full house if we're keeping these performances and, uh, and results up. Good feeling around the club, isn't there, at the moment? Massively. I think, that's the be- I think that's the best part about it. And um, <clears throat> long may it continue. I say it's, I don't know what's happened. Well, I don't even know what's happened, obviously. But, you know, it's just everything's changed since um, while they got the boot, since um, Carrick came in. We say everything just seems to have aligned perfectly. You know, strategy, team, performances, just everything. You know, even the fans are getting on at the moment. And that's really weird. You know, Middlesbrough will be getting twenty five and a half thousand yeah. in the in the second tier of football 
you know, it's, it's, really, it's a really, really good game. We're not cheap to watch, you know, the walk ups are there. Mm-hmm. And for us to be getting, you know, we don't get a lot of away support coming to the Riverside. We don't get two and three thousand mm-hmm. away fans coming. We're looking for get a thousand. So for us to be average, average in the season, over 25,000. And like John said, I, I think it'll go up. I, I, I think we'll be slowly ticking up 26, 27 shortly. To be getting that in the championship for Middlesbrough is really, really good crowds. It's, it's mm-hmm. exceptional. And it's not just that, it's what you were saying earlier as well. The atmosphere is, is itself, it's cranking up. It's right the way around the stadium now. You know, you go back a few years back and you know, it was the north, the south stand, the south stand, the south stand. Well, now the south stand's still there, but the atmosphere is cranking up, certainly in the north stand where we sit, by numbers and noise. And it's it's a really good feeling, the stadium. And mm-hmm. when, when the players are playing, you know, normally you have your tap one end, or the noise, or the quiet end, and the noisy end at the riverside. Now, the Middlesbrough players must love it because whichever end they're attacking, whether it be the north or the south, they're attacking a vibrant end full of full of Middlesbrough supporters backing them. You know, they must give them a huge lift. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'll hand over to the the Pied Piper of the North Stand himself. You know, um, JD, you know he. He, <laughs> he he's he's the man that gets the 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 faces in the crowd going where I am, you know. We've been obviously picking it up on here for the past three years that we've been on. Um, it's great to see fans back in the North Stand, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the club's decision to allow eighteen to twenty-one year olds to get season tickets in in our stand has helped. Um, that that. The po- recent performances obviously have helped, um, but I think what every Borough fan wants is the team doing well, the crowd getting behind the team to to give them that encouragement, that support, uh, and at the moment it, they they are getting it from from all stands. I mean, even even when the more popular songs kick in and both stands are singing, you hear and you see. Um, people to the left and the right of you in the north, sorry, in the west and the east stands, clapping along, get, standing up, getting involved. Um, God, it, fantastic. Um, I re- really do enjoy a good atmosphere. Uh, we've, we've only seen it briefly over the last few seasons, especially big cup games, um, games on um, big occasions, you know, like uh, all the Mondays or, or, or Boxing Day, but it's becoming... It's becoming the norm now. It's becoming regular. Uh, so, yep, what we're doing at the moment is um, it's working. It's bringing the crowds back and it's it's cranking up the atmosphere. See, regarding the, regarding the atmosphere as well, we all want to see us win games and get promoted, right? So, in my opinion, the best way for us to help the players do that is by cranking up the atmosphere. Make it a hostile place where people don't want to come and play football. All right, keep it within the boundaries. But, you know, it's, it's similar when you go to Millwall, you know, it doesn't matter how bad their team is. It's a hostile place to go. And people don't like going there. That's what I want to see at the Riverside. We, we've winced years in the past where we've let teams come in and get the ball and it's went quiet. All right, not everybody likes standing up and singing and that, but to give the players and what we want, the best opportunity is for us all to be together and get that stadium bouncing. Exactly. And the best part is them flags. I love them flags, mate. <laughs> I don't think the uh, our counterparts in the the south like them, but 
We do. Um, it's it's a great atmosphere in the North Stand now, and and I say, you know, if if you know, the best time to get involved is obviously our next game, which moves me on nicely to um, Blackpool home. Obviously Saturday. Uh, welcome the Seasiders to uh, Riverside. Um, I mean, it's hard to say what changes would you make to the team because obviously we've got two new signings coming, which are, are brilliant signings, by the way. And I'm massive fans of them. And whoever else may come in in the last hours of the transfer window. But it, obviously Dale Fry comes back in, JD. But that's about it, isn't it, really? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't change anything other than uh, Dale Fry return. Um, how could you, really? Uh, unless there's any uh, training ground injuries... After such a positive, dominating, exhilarating performance, no, you can't. You can't. No, I mean, I, I know it's harsh on Paddy McNair, um, <clears throat> but end of the day, for, for me, I don't know if you will agree, Steve, but Dale Fry's one of the best players in the championship. I think at the back is absolutely fantastic, and as, as well as we play, and as well as we do play when he's not in the team. We still miss parts of his game. I still think he's a very commanding presence at the back, and um, I think he'll he'll bring us a bit more on Saturday. Yes, uh, I think he's I think he's arguably the best centre half in the championship. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think if we if we don't get promotion this season, I think it'll be very very difficult to keep him. Uh, I think there'll be clubs looking at him. He's been touted as a future Premier League player for the last couple of years. And he's getting to an age now where for his career you'll probably be looking at it himself. So I think we'll do well to keep him if we don't if we don't uh if we don't go up the season. But I agree with you, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's got to come back in the team, he offers something different. As good as Paddy McNair was, mm. you know, he's he's not a deal fry. So he he could he comes straight back in. Um that'll be the only change for me. Uh from from well. I could argue Dykesdale coming at right back ahead of Tommy Smith, but I won't. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> oh, bit, I'm bit, only kidding. <laughs> bit of devil's advocate. Bit of devil's advocate here then, lads, because I, I, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say it because I say it about Tommy Smith. What type of a message will that send to Paddy McNair if he's dropped on Saturday for Dale Fry? Just, you know, keeping the, you want squad harmony and if you're in... And you play well the share to yours, which I say all the time. What type of message will that send to the other players? I would I would agree if he had played the last five or six games like that. But right. he's coming this side and he wasn't great against Sunderland. And he's come and had a great performance against Watford. <clears throat> but does one performance dismiss how good Dale Fry's been all season? I don't think so. And I don't think Paddy McNair himself would expect to keep his place on one good display. Yeah, no, no, I'll have to, I'll have to agree with that. I say, I, I, I get what you're saying, and obviously, you know, if if you if you you have a good performance, it's really hard to drop you. But I think he's got to understand he was brought in as a deputy. You know, he was brought in to fill the fill the void where Dale Fry was, and um, yeah, <clears throat> I, I mean, I do like Paddy there, I really do. Um, but as I say, I just think Lennon and Fry's partnership and. The quality they've got at centre half and being natural centre halves as well probably gives them the, the little edge on getting them back in the team for me. But yeah, um, 
I, I was going to say to, to is we've got any worries about Blackpool at all? But Mick, Mick McCarthy, you have to you have to be worried about any opposition in the championship. It, it, it's about what we do. I mean, they they've had a a fairly poor run, barring mm-hmm. uh, the good cup win they had over Forest. They've had a pretty dismal league run in the second from bottom. And um, we just have to be professional and, and not complacent. It would be fantastic if we could um, get the results and put the performance in as we did against Watford. But I'd just settle for the result. I'd just settle for a win um, and, and, and keep our place in the top three um, and keep the momentum going. Yeah, if we could get a performance and a result, brilliant. But the bottom line is just get three points. Football doesn't work like that, does it? As good as we were on Saturday, we're not going to probably play like that every week. If we if we play like that on Saturday against Blackpool, we'll wipe the floor with them, let's be honest. But football yeah. doesn't work like that. So it'll still be a tough game. However, you know, you're playing against the side that's second bottom. They haven't won away from home since October the 29th against Coventry. And let's we would all be absolutely gutted if we didn't, you know, take the three points on, on Saturday because it'll give us a little bit of wriggle room, it'll give her a little bit of a little bit of you know, it'll push her away from that seventh spot. Because I'm not even looking at second, I'm looking at seventh. And I think the further we can get away with a gap to seventh spot and cement myself in them playoff spots, the better. In games like Blackpool at home to do that are a must. No, I, I, I you're absolutely right. we've got we've got two two tough away games. Um yes. after Blackpool, you know, we've got Cardiff. Yes, I know they're not um having the best of seasons, but uh new manager just installed, so it, it might be um it might be a, a, a tough game down there, and then obviously Sheffield United. So so, so, yeah, we need to win against Blackpool, however we do it. Exactly. And then that builds us nicely to score predictions, and I'll stay with you, JD. 3-1, Middlesbrough. Oh. You, you actually think Blackpool will score? Right. Yeah. No faith in Steph in you. Um, Steve? <laughs> I'll go... <laughs> I'll go. I've got faith in Stephens. There you go. I'll go two 0 Middlesbrough. Spot on. Cut. I'm going to get some laughs here. I'm going five 0 Oh God. Let's let's hope so. Let's hope so, John. That would be talk, fantastic. Talk, talk us behind five 0 Where we're playing, we're gonna we're gonna absolutely wallop someone one of these days. Everything we hit's gonna fly in. Why not Saturday? Has he been seeing it for 10 years? I'm going to be right five. one week, Adam. <laughs> it, it could have been five against Watford. I mean, yeah. I, I was speaking Good, I was speaking to some what I was speaking to some Watford fans in the town after the match. Um uh, and they, they you know they were very gracious, they told us uh how they they thought that we were by far the best team they've played. Um, and they were just drowning in the sorrows and, in, and enjoying it. It was in the pig iron actually, and uh, they loved the pig iron. They just said, well, they, they just said it's a bit crazy in here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if on TripAdvisor you see um, a review of the pig iron and it's just one word crazy, 
I'm sure the manager of the big iron will accept that. Well, it's what it's what Borough knows, isn't it? The big iron is crazy. That's why we all love it. But um, I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0 Saturday. I think it'll be routine. I, I was going to say easy, but I won't say easy. No game's easy in this league. Routine. Um, and I think we might even see a a new a new a debut on Saturday as well. I don't know who who buy off the bench, but yeah. Um, Dave, can I um can I just mention that at Saturday's game, there's a food bank collection, um outside the north stand from, uh, twelve midday until kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always been fantastically uh. uh Received by Borough fans, and it amazes me the amount of food donations and monetary donations that that people find in 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 a time when everybody's finding spare cash difficult. But it, anything you bring along, you know, um, would be massively appreciated. And there's also going to be a collection of um, old football boots and clothing um, mm-hmm. for Middlesbrough MFC Foundation. Um, so again, if I could just for anybody who's listening, if if, if you do want to bring uh, something down, the food, the food bank collection van, and also the MFC Foundation van will be parked uh, side by side. So um, you can make uh, you can make your donations, and uh, they'll be very much appreciated. And I know you don't do it for this, John, but uh, well done and fair play to you, Mark Motley, all the other boys and girls that we've seen stood out there in all weathers. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed, mate, so we appreciate what you're all doing as well. Hey, yeah, yeah. listen, listen. Um, it's it's the, it's the people in the food banks, you know, who, uh, yeah, who do this every day of every week uh, of, of every month. For four years now, you know, it's a shame um, that uh, people need to resort to using food banks. I'd, I'd love the day to arrive when we don't need them. But while while there are still people on Teesside struggling and, and, and others can can give them a little bit of a help up, then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't mind spending time doing that. Fair play. No, I'll I'll echo that as well. Um, you you do a fantastic job. It's it's sad that you have to do that job, but they say that's a, a different conversation for a different um for a different audience. You know, I'm not gonna start Tory bashing for for everybody to listen as much as I'd love to. But um, and yeah, if uh, you haven't got a ticket for Saturday, um, block twenty three, um, there's not many left. I don't think um for Saturday. So get yourself in, um. I'll always offer me hands to say if you're struggling, get in touch with me. I, I don't mind getting someone in if I have to. You know what I mean? I'd rather you go and enjoy yourself than um than, than struggle to go. Um I know it's really difficult for some people, so um yeah, there you go. Invite there if you want it. Um And he doesn't he doesn't mean like the old S and Park days when you'd get a squeeze. <laughs> yeah. When when I when I, when I croggy you over the uh, over the wall. Yeah. I'm you may get both. <laughs> be a pretty. I, I, I'd never get him over that wall, no. <laughs> but um, no, you're absolutely right. If I say if I can help anybody, I will. That's the kind of so. Yeah. Um, and I'll leave it there. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for popping on and uh, having a chat with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking and subscribing and getting in touch. And if you want to come on, drop us a message. You know, and don't forget our little challenge. 
put together your worst brewery team that we've 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 uh, we've signed in the last. I'll put 10, 15 years on it. See what you come up with because I've got some cracking names in my head already. So I look forward to talking about that next week. Um, and yes, one of them is. is... It the, is it the most expensive flop since Steve? Are you just looking for just the what, what people what fans think no, uh, is is well, the worst eleven? It's got to be a poor eleven. That's cost, every player has got to cost a, a decent amount of money off the. So you can get your worst team that's cost the most amount. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. It was such a positive podcast as well. We ended it on this. <laughs> it's only a bit of fun. Yeah, but to end it positively, none of the players we've got at the moment will get in now because we've we're doing absolutely brilliantly. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you Saturday. I'll see you free Saturday. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, Arriva Dirty up the borough. I'll be seeing you up the borough. Yeah. Up, up the, the borough Saturday. Up the borough.